Welcome to 15 Minutes in Hell. It's a 15-minute interview show. I'm Ed Zitron. Joining me today is Neil deGrasse Tyson. He's an astrophysicist. Neil, thank you so much for your time. Happy to be on. Yeah, yeah. All right. Looking forward to this. Hell yeah. I want to see what hell is like. <laughs> is it real, though? No, okay, that's not the first question. All right, so... Well, like, can, I, can I lead off? Please you know, go on. Uh, the American president, Harry Truman... Um, he, one of his monikers or one of his slogans for him was give him hell, Harry. All right. Right. And then a, a reporter, a journalist asked him, Harry, why are you always giving people hell? And he said, no, I'm telling them the truth. They just think it's hell. <laughs> Jeez. Well, you know, I like to start my, my podcast up with something positive. So that's good then. Do, do but, what you do. I'm your servant in this 15 minutes. Go. But by all means. So, okay. You're the one tweeting, I assume. Oh, of course. You, you, oh, yeah. So when you come across something that you correct, like, say, the peacock feathers not matching in the sequence of the peacock logo, or the corrections to Force Awakens, which I deeply, deeply appreciate it, is that in jest, or do you feel that the world needs to be corrected in that manner? So it's, it's, uh, it's hard to communicate intent when you're limited to just so few <laughs> characters. Uh, I give an entire public talk called an astrophysicist goes to the movies and thousands upon thousands of people attend and view this talk Mm -hmm. when i have the full fleshed out you know two hours of time people learn what motivates me when i call this stuff out and generally i will uh what i'll try to do is identify movies that try to get all the science right and if they happen to slip up on a few places, I'll do that. Or movies that have no care about science, but happen to get some science right. And so that's my most interesting target cases. Um, occasionally, I just thought, you know, here is, you're remembering uh, uh, BB-8 from The Force Awakens, a right. smooth metal rolling spherical ball. And it's moving around on sand. I, I just thought somebody should have thought about that. I'm sorry. Now, oh. now they have you know Wookies and things, and there's so much else going on that is not physical. So why am I even focusing on that? Because I guess it's a simple thing, right? It, it, do you need a whole science fiction subtext to explain why a smooth metal rolling spherical ball sticks to sand? Right? Should you need that? And I'm thinking no. You know, give me the warp space and the warp drive. I'll take right. all that. But we just got a thing on the sand. So so it's not to be picky. You don't know me when I'm picky. <laughs> so it's right. just okay. things that we all notice. And maybe it'll help you appreciate and think about science more in the film. And my last point there is if you if you have a friend who's a car expert and you go see a period film – where, let's say, took place in 1959, let's say, and parked on the street as a 1962 Bel Air, and they point it out to you, they say, oh, that car wasn't out yet. You say, hey, you you know your cars. That person would get respect for right. identifying this. Or if there's a Jane Austen period piece from the you know 19th century, and someone steps out of the carriage in, in a top hat instead of a derby, and you have a clo- you have a, a fashion expert that say, no, the top hat wasn't in style for another 20 years. He'd say, hey, you knew that. Now, when I make these comments, there's some subset of people that say, oh, you're being annoying. Shut up. Don't even uh, hope I never go to the movies with you. So I, I see a, a, a double standard there. Well, 
and and I I totally get that. What about things like the peacock logo though, or Santa having to travel around the? I I'm just I'm not trying to cherry pick here. I'm just wondering, is this just kind of you can't turn the astrophysicist, the scientist in your brain off? Well, so the peacock feather. So people pointed out to me that I did not notice when I posted that tweet that if you look at the sequence of colors the opposite direction, going right. below the peacock instead of above it, then it could count as being in sequence. And so I thought that was interesting. People were quick to point that out. Um, I just thought that because I remember I'm old enough to remember when NBC said brought to you in living color on NBC and then the peacock feathers would roll out and then the colors would turn on and I had a black and white TV. So that right. was sad. Okay. Cause I could not participate in this revolution in television. And then I find out that while it's got the colors of the rainbow, the rainbows are not in sequence. And I just thought, what were they thinking? Did they not know when they designed the logo? And if they did know, I'd want to know why. That's all. And I, I, I hold designers to, to a standard. I don't think there's anything wrong with that, personally. So it's, it's a standard thing, then. You just want people to get things right. If they can get it right. If you right. didn't otherwise know, or we don't know yet as a world, then you make it up. And, you, and, and if you know later, that's cool. I don't have a problem with that. I'm not actually that picky. I just pick out things that people might find amusing. But apparently, not everyone finds it amusing, <laughs> perhaps no. you included. So, oh, no, no. I, I, I find it wonderful. I think I – think There are things I could comment on. In the movie The Original Top Gun, they're sitting out in the backyard, uh, uh, Tom Cruise and, and Kelly McGillis, and they're sipping wine and there's, you know, there there's this – they're flirting, okay? And – the the level of the wine in the wine glasses continues to change up and down with every next moment. <laughs> and so the, the continuity editor did not think that through. I don't complain about that because that's not a science problem. Right. That's just a continuity issue. I noticed this with shadows. They're filming in broad daylight and scenes that follow other scenes, this length of people's shadows in the street, don't comport. All right, with a previous scene or a following scene. And I get that because they're filming all afternoon and they have to take take <laughs> lunch break or whatever. So I don't, there's stuff I could comment on and I don't. Okay, so changing changing subjects slightly. So with the success of things like SpaceX and Blue Origin and so on and so forth, are you worried about space kind of turning into a, a kleptocracy or like a capitalist enterprise? Do you think that changes things? Uh, you mean a tourist industry? <laughs> what are you, what's your, what is your vocabulary there? I, to well, me, I think, it's the birth I, of a tourist industry. Do you think that's a good thing though for space? Do you why think why that wouldn't that's... it be? Why, why, why do you care? What, what's the So concern? the reason I say that is because if you look at say Elon Musk and how he's treated Twitter, X, RateMyNews.biz, whatever it's called now, it's, you can see how he has changed that and how he has used his money to alter that to benefit him. That's really my concern. I'm wondering if you share or perhaps I'm missing something. Well, for a while it was a monopoly, but it's not anymore, right? There's right. blue sky, there's threads, and that's what happens if you are in charge and you don't act right by however is measured by a buying audience, and then other people jump in. Elon Musk is not the only player sending people up into space, although he is the most effective player because he sends people into orbit, which is very different 
from sending people up and then having them fall back 20 minutes later or however long that up and down journey is. So these are not, you can't turn one of those spaceships into another. They're completely mm. different design and principles and you need heat shields when you're coming back out of orbit. So, so he's leading that, but others are sort of coming along behind. That's what happens in a capitalist free market enterprise. And I, uh, the birth of a tourist industry, I love it. I, I don't okay. see anything wrong with it at all. Now okay, you worried, that's... is it only for the rich? Well, initially, yes. sure. Initially, it's always the case. Uh, here's an example. Uh, you sound old enough. Maybe you saw uh, Wall Street, the original in 1987 with Gecko and 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 Buddy. I, I've seen it. I'm 37, but you okay. Know, I'm just <laughs> and so there's a scene, and I re- I saw it in real time in 1987. There's a scene where Gecko is on the beach in the Hamptons, and he's got this shoulder-mounted cell phone talking to Buddy, and say, your future is awaiting you, or whatever, and there's no wires, there's none, and I say, wow, I wish I was rich so that I could have that phone. I remembered thinking that, okay? Now, of course, the phone uh, gets smaller, it gets commoditized, and now there are six billion smartphones in the world. That is a normal arc of the birth of an industry. When airplanes were first developed. Only rich people and famous people flew in airplanes. Now, every basically anybody who needs to fly can fly. You can get a right. $99 ticket practically to anywhere. So, so don't be short-sighted about the future of what could be a quite lucrative industry going forward. So on the subject of Elon Musk, how do you feel about him? Well, I... I don't know if I can count him as a friend, but we've met several times and we've corresponded by email. And so I respect the fact that he's out in front on he because of him, we are all talking about electric cars now. Maybe right. we might have gotten there eventually, 10 years from now, but he pushed that agenda so that everybody is responding to him. That's a good thing. He's also helped to make space travel. Uh, an affordable option that could become more and more affordable and turning the solar system into our backyard. So, and he's got some other ideas, some a little sort of out there, but you need some out there ideas in order to have other ideas that might take root. You know, he's got this uh, this uh, company called The Boring Company. Do you know about this? Yes, they've, they've ghosted several cities. <laughs> it, 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 it bores holes through the ground to bypass traffic and other things and you would lower your electric car into the tunnel and it would take you you know 200 sure. miles an hour he or whatever executed on it like he's made a he's made a very useless tunnel in vegas that's in vegas right you were one of the first recipients of the whole well of course every first thing is useful. have you seen the first airplanes ever designed they collapsed sure. moments after takeoff so you can say the first iteration is useless go ahead but then you would have been that guy for every next invention. Say, this is useless. Why even try to fly? All right. And so, Perhaps but, so, need- for, so, and you're complaining about me commenting on movies and you're up here talking about real investments trying to take us into the future? Absolutely. I get it. How do you couch that with the fact that he is supported, right? Like, I'm just, I'm saying when I ask about how you feel, what about all of the extremely racist people he's platformed, giving tens of thousands of dollars to Andrew Tate, for example? Yeah, so I have. Uh, so You've first, I didn't know that. Perhaps but, is the question. Yeah, okay, that's a different. That's a more precise question. Yes, thank you. Um, uh, so you know, the limiting case of that question is, what if Hitler 
dis- was also a biochemist and discovered a cure for cancer. Like, what would you do? So that's an interesting philosophical, social, cultural. As a Jew whose father had cancer, I would hope he had died long before the Nazis rose to power. Personally, <laughs> right, right. Well, so so this is a so this is an interesting philosophical question when right. you juxtapose evil with good. Okay, so in that limiting case, with Elon Musk's case, whatever else he's doing, it does not for me subtract from what he's achieved and contributed to civilization. I can compartmentalize that. So if you say, what do I think of his behavior in these cases? I can say, yeah, he, I don't think he should be uh, funding people who, who advance hate and, and discord in the world. This right. is not productive. Oh, he invented an electric car. And everybody's like, that's good. I can do that. We, in a cancel culture, you can't do that. Because the right. the culture says you do one thing bad, then everything about you is bad, and I will ignore the rest of you for the rest of your life. And so I'm I'm from another generation, and cancel culture is a little weird to me in that regard because I am able to compartmentalize. So different different topic now. How do you are you excited about the prospect of AI? Uh, so AI has already been with us. So right. this idea, oh, AI, once chat GPT came on and, is, and it composed your term paper, people lost their shit. And I'm saying AI has been, you realize how long AI has been infusing itself into civilization? And as a scientist who's active with computers, um, we use neural nets decades ago, just as an example, to help us uh, reduce data from the universe and make decisions uh, intelligently made decisions about what's interesting and what's not in the universe, all right? In a neural net, it's a decision-making tree, basically, that um, can carry on autonomously. Then, uh, you know, everyone got a, a smartphone, an iPhone, and then they're talking to Siri. That's AI, for goodness sake. Siri, Siri can adjust in real time your directions to grandma's house based on traffic, and there's not a single human involved, okay? So, and then, then computers beat us at chess and Go and even Jeopardy. And we, no one said, oh, the world is about to come to an end. Now it composes your term paper, and now this is the first time you're thinking that AI is a risk or a danger. I don't mind you thinking that, but don't believe that somehow AI yesterday descended upon us. Now, what a, what ChatGPT has accomplished is an extraordinary leap compared to what was available to us before, but every one of these has been leaps, and I, I'm charmed by it. Now, so uh, there are limits where AI can be dangerous, as was true with nuclear weapons. We invent, science invents nuclear weapons. Oh my gosh, this could end civilization. We need to put checks and balances in. Let's have a nuclear test ban treaty. Let's have limits on how they're, let's try to never use it this way before. Oh, we can still use it for power generation. Sure, but not for this. So a wise culture and civilization would have rules about how to not use a powerful tool or technique for nefarious ways. And so the test of us is not, should we stop AI, but are we wise enough to know how to contain it? And Neil, I don't always know that we are, by the way. <laughs> just, just as I wasn't always sure, because I grew up during the Cold War, I wasn't sure that we were wise enough to not unleash these weapons against one another uh, at, as we held the world hostage. We, the United States and the Soviet Union. Thank you so much for your time today. We're at time. This has been wonderful. Thank you so much for joining me. Excellent. Excellent. Thanks for having me.
So this has been 15 minutes in hell. You can find us at wheresyoured.at slash podcast. Join us on the Discord chat dot wheresyoured.at. Thanks so much for listening. 